Good evening, and welcome to a very special night of mystery. I'm Vincent Price. In just a moment, you're going to see the first episode in a series of seven truly classic mystery stories, The Adventures of Sherlock Holmes. For almost a century, Sherlock Holmes has been considered the most brilliant detective ever created in fiction. Sir Arthur Conan Doyle could have had no inkling that his Victorian consulting detective would endure and become the most revered and the most meticulously documented character in the world of mystery and crime. Now, why, you may ask, did Sherlock Holmes have almost immediate and phenomenal global appeal? Well, I think the eminent Sherlockian Edgar Smith touched upon the answer when he wrote that the stories of the great detective have the appeal of the half-remembered, half-forgotten time of smug Victorian illusion, of gaslit comfort and contentment, of perfect dignity and grace. Holmes was the epitome of the Victorian gentleman in that era when the British were a nation of peace, of work, and of consummate morals and in a period in history when an Englishman's word was truly his bond. Mastery of science and technology, Victorians believed that they were in control of their environment, and their optimism allowed them to be wholly untouched by any concern for the long-term consequences of their material progress and empirical exploitations. In late Victorian England, people believed in order, and the world was seen as possessing a mechanistic simplicity. How right, then, was this scientifically inquisitive age for the emergence of the consulting detective Sherlock Holmes, the proud Victorian principle of applied science, lent itself perfectly to Holmes's scientific method of investigation, culminating in his meticulous reason by deduction. Readers continue to clamor for Holmes as much today as they ever did. Opinion polls consistently show that tonight's episode, A Scandal in Bohemia, remains the all-time favorite. Could this be because it was the first adventure to be published in the Strand magazine in July of 1891? I think it's because in this story, and in this story only, Sherlock Holmes encounters the incomparable Irena Adler. Hello and welcome to the LBC Irregulars, a story-by-story -story review of the Jeremy Brett Sherlock Holmes series produced by Granada Television between 1984 and 1994. I'm your host, Gene Gene, the podcast of Machine Hendrix. Joining me is the David Burke to my Jeremy Brett, Jared, the yard sale artist, Ulrich. Well, hello, sir. Hello. Surprise, you could recognize me. I'm dressed up as a street ruffian. Got my makeup on, but you, you recognize me immediately. Oh, the voice was a little close, so that that. Kinda... Wait, let me give you my street ruffian voice. Hang on. Okay. Oh, I'm a street ruffian. <laughs> See, it, yeah, that, that that's going to convince everybody. Okay, nope, good. No I've, I've been working on it for like a week, man. Yeah. <laughs> I'm happy to be here, man. I'm excited about this new show here. I'm fired up. 
Now, the reason we are doing this show, beyond both of us being big Sherlock Holmes fans, is because one of us started watching these shows during their original release on Mystery, hosted by the one and only Vincent Price. The other one has only recently started watching them, so we thought we would get together and discuss these shows. Which is which? Which one of us is which? I'm confused. Well, I'm the older one, so I, I'm the one that started watching them way, way back when. Oh, okay. Years ago. <laughs> and I'm a street ruffian. Oh, look at me. I'm a street ruffian. <laughs> nah, I still didn't fool him. That's right. I am absolutely new to this this series. People who listen to our network will know we have Saturday Matinee Theater where we're going through the 1954-55 home series, which I'm very familiar with. Mm, excited. I'm sorry. I'm probably jumping ahead. I'm just so excited. Mystery in general, but specifically the Sherlock Holmes mystery episodes was appointment viewing in my house. It was just one of those things. It's on PBS. I believe it was Saturday nights. That's what we would be sitting watching. Both my parents, my sister and myself. I love it. I love the old appointment viewing lifestyle. It's funny how times have changed and life has become more convenient because we can watch things whenever we watch them. Now everything's on demand for us. But there was just something special about like, oh, snap, it's 640 on Saturday. <laughs> you better get downstairs and get that that microwave popcorn. Oh, wait, you said you were older. That that pop secret stove pop popcorn. <laughs> that is special. You know what else is special? Getting what? your comics and treasured magazines, anything you want hardbound. That is special. Like you know, copies you- of the Strand magazine? <laughs> We've mentioned that on Saturday Matinee Theater. <laughs> We've been like, they can hardbound your Strand magazines, which you probably shouldn't do because they're super valuable no. if you've got them. <laughs> <laughs> but I tell you what, OmahaBound.com, they do the greatest hardbinding. I have several volumes of sort of obscure comic books that have never been collected before. I've had them hardbound through Omaha Bound, mainly because I'm so fancy. I'm so fancy. But also because they do a wonderful job. So if you want to curate your collection and get your comics hardbound or magazines, maybe you're a Starlog guy, maybe you're a Fangoria guy, whatever, they can do it. They're going to do a wonderful job. They do custom designs. They do unique designs. So everything they do is a one of a kind piece of art. Can't recommend it enough. OmahaBound.com today. Check them out. And with that, it's now time for Gene to give us the recap of the story for this episode. If you are not familiar with a scandal in Bohemia, you might just get the ending spoiled. So we'll give you an opportunity. You can pause here and go watch A Scandal in Bohemia from the Granada TV series and then come back to us. But you got to do it now. Not now, but now. All right, back to Gene. Okay. Okay, you did it. Therefore, we can go on. Returning to Baker Street, Watson dreads the mood he is about to find his friend in. As he enters the sitting room, he suspects Holmes to have taken drugs and lectures him forcefully. But the detective reveals he has been provided with another stimulant, the letter he has just received from the King of Bohemia. The monarch arrives and asks Holmes for help in getting back a compromising photograph where he appears alongside Irene Adler. Left by the king, who is about to marry the Scandinavian princess, the former opera singer has successfully repelled all attempts to take the photograph back. Holmes finds that Irene spends a lot of time with a lawyer named Jeffrey Norton. He attends their hurried wedding and is even asked to act as best man and witness. The couple, 
hunted by the king's henchmen, intends to fly abroad as quickly as possible. Disguised as a wounded clergyman, Holmes succeeds in being welcomed into Irene's house. Alarmed by the fire Holmes has managed to fake with Watson's help, Irene gives away the photograph's hiding place. Holmes thinks he has won the game, but when he reaches the house the next day, the nest is empty. However, she has left a letter in which she promises not to make use of the photograph against her former lover because she has turned the page of their love story for good. Well done, sir. Well done. That matches up with everything I saw in the episode. You clearly watched it. (laughs) For the umpteenth time, yes. (laughs) All right. Well, I get the distinct pleasure of taking us through our highs and lows rounds, where we each get to take a look at the good and the bad, if there was any, of the episode. So I will pose it to you, Gene, in our round one. Do you have a high or a low, sir? I have a high to start off with because of the way my brain works. I figured if we're going to be reviewing this episode, I'm going to read the original short story, which was the first ever Sherlock Holmes story published. That actually didn't take very long because it is actually a short story. I got to say, this episode matches up almost exactly with that short story. The main difference being that Watson in the story is married and living away from Baker Street. And here he is. He is still Holmes's roommate. Other than that, it was I mean, even the dialogue was an exact match. Concur. I've read all the stories that Doyle's ever done around Sherlock Holmes. It's been a while, but everything rang true. In fact, for me, it was a little different in that my most strong memory of Scandal and Bohemia comes on a cassette tape because I too am old. I had a old radio show broadcast of a Scandal and Bohemia on cassette tape when I was a kid and I listened to it 50 million times. And so that was what I remembered most about Scandal and Bohemia, although I had read the story and everything seemed to match up. And the radio show was a bit different because, of course, they had to edit it. I think it was a 30 minute show. So they kind of had to squeeze it in there. But yeah, definitely an interesting kickoff story. You can tell. Well, I can tell that the Granada folks are very, very interested in getting the most Doyle-esque version of this. (laughs) That's what I'm picking up. From the get-go, that they are, you know, sort of like the very first two Bond movies are very Fleming. Mm-hmm. This felt, okay, this is very Doyle. They're not putting their stamp on it. They're not putting a spin on it. They're just like, we're going to nail it as perfectly as we can. That's the vibe that I got. They make some adjustments because they have to. It's television. It is not yeah. a written story. Right. But yeah, you're right. They are trying it. Especially in these early episodes, they're trying to be as close to it as possible, just bringing the story to life. Mm-hmm. And they do get a little bit further away from that later on. Like, you'll notice in this one, Watson is the narrator at the beginning and the end. You're actually hearing a voiceover of mm-hmm. Watson. After the adventures of Sherlock Holmes, they get away from that. And Watson's just another character in the story. Oh. He's not actually telling you. I always like Watson as a narrator. It always worked because, I mean, Doyle used that a lot. I mean, that was kind of his thing. So it is interesting. But I'm more than willing to give it a shot. I certainly enjoyed it, which I guess we can roll into one of my highs here. Sure. Would be really good casting. I'm unfamiliar with Jeremy Brett 
in general. If you had told me six months ago, Jeremy Brett, I would have been like, he played Holmes on TV. There, because everyone's telling you to watch the show. And that would be the end of my... Yeah, everybody over on Saturday Matinee Theater, we have people on to talk about the 54-55 Ronald Howard portrayal. Everybody comes on and says, oh, you got to watch Jeremy Brett. Oh, you know, and it's become quite the end joke. We always laugh about how it's, you know, it's never going to happen. We're never going to watch it. But here we are. <laughs> so... <laughs> It has made its way into the LBC headquarters, and I enjoyed the casting. I really thought Brett did a good job. I can't wait to see more from him to let loose and really get into the role. Like, he was good on episode one, and that's a good sign, because I know he's going to get into a groove, <laughs> even more so than he already is. And I like the Watson as well. So I'm definitely interested in, in more to come. So back to you, Gene. High or low? Or- I'm going to go with another high, because this is what you may have figured out by looking at the box set and the DVDs inside, David Burke does not stay as Watson. Oh, no. They do change Watsons after the Adventures set is over. And there's a very, very good reason for that. Because you know how British shows, they do the series, see how the series works, and then, oh, it was good, we'll go for a second series. Well, between series one and series two, David Burke and his wife joined the Royal Shakespeare Company. Oh. So they had to replace him. <laughs> oh. But the high being David Burke is my preferred Watson. The other guy does a great job too. It's just Burke's Watson, and you can kind of see it in this. He's very animated. He is mm. very forceful. He's willing to stand up to Holmes. The whole speech about using cocaine and how it's destroying his mind and all this, mm. that really isn't in the story, there's a little bit of it, but there's not that overwhelming speech. And Burke just, you know, he nails that. It's, he does. And, and then he gets his, you know, legs pulled out from under him as soon as Holmes says, no, 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 wrong drug. I have a case. <laughs> <laughs> and in true Holmesian style, he lets him trip over his own feet. He lets him get the whole speech out. And he's like, are you done? <laughs> we got some stuff to do over here. Yeah. <laughs> Well, I will definitely give a high to the makeup effects. I was watching it with my wife, and we had some friends in from out of town, old Air Force buddy of mine and his wife. We just needed something about an hour long. It was a little too early to go to bed. And we were like, I oh, we should watch something, but nothing too long. Maybe about an hour. And I said, let me pop on one of these. I'm pretty sure they're, for the most part, sort of one and done stories. So I'm like, let's watch Scandal Bohemia. We pop it on. And because I'm a Holmes fan, I catch on after about six, eight seconds that this redheaded cabbie guy, uh, or I don't know if he necessarily was a cabbie, but like a... He, he, like, was, he was a groom. A so groom, he was, yes. He was taking care of the horses. That's the word I was looking for. This redheaded groom, I was like, oh, this is Holmes in disguise, right? But I don't say anything. I just watch, and it's a good long time before anybody else in the room is like, oh, that's Holmes in disguise. And I was like... I think the only reason I spotted it was because I just expect it from Holmes. He's such a master of disguise. And I'm just like, there's something about this guy. Oh, it's him. It's him. him." (laughs) Ronald Howard does that on the 54, 55 series that we're doing. He does a costume every once in a while. And nobody ever gets duped by it except for Pat. Uh, (laughs) Everybody else sees right through it. So I'm I'm worried about Pat if he watches this one because I'm I'm afraid he's never going to put it together. And the fact that there were two costumes in this one, <laughs> there were the, oh the other one was the clergyman. The clergyman, yeah, the clergyman was good too, but the groom was really good. 
Because yeah, for like I said, about five eight seconds, I'm like, why are we focusing on this group? Oh, never mind. I I know. I'm, duh, it's Holmes. I got it. Yeah. At least the clergyman, you had some kind of a setup because you see mm-hmm. Watson's like, oh, here's the cab. Quick, Holmes, run out. Mm-hmm. But at the groom, yeah, it's just a scene change. Holmes gets the idea, and this is something you don't see in the story because it's all from Watson's point of view. This is Holmes. That I want to go to bed. Mrs. Hudson can make you a sandwich. <laughs> at which point, Watson's like. I haven't eaten in three days and you have a sandwich. Okay. Yeah, Watson was very focused on getting that meal when he got there. Yeah. <laughs> so Holmes picks up the mask that the king was wearing, and then you see the gears turning. As a, that's how I can get information. Mm-hmm. And then we cut to the groom. Mm-hmm. So if you don't quite pick that up, yeah, you don't know what the heck's going on. Was, yeah. Why are we focused on this character all of a sudden? It's like, oh, yeah. okay. Very, very cool. We only have two official highs and lows rounds, but we're going to pull a Pat Sampson, just break the rules here. It's <laughs> just to get anything else that we, we need to get out. I wanted to say that, first of all, I'm just truly amused at sort of the definition of scandalous photograph circa late <laughs> 1800s versus now. <laughs> yeah, no it was like the table is just two people happy to get like <laughs> This would, it would be 100% meaningless in today's society. Like, oh, that's a girl I used to date. It's a picture. It's, it's so tasteful. Yeah. <laughs> but the princess of Scandinavia wasn't having it, man. No, no. Very, very conservative family. Apparently. But like, yeah. it's funny because she I told was. you my introduction was the radio play. And mm-hmm. they talked about scandalous photograph. And I started listening to that radio play cassette when I was probably gosh, seven or eight years old. And I had it all the way through high school in my picture in my mind, although I'm a fairly innocent seven and eight year old, the picture in my mind was more scandalous than the, <laughs> the scandalous picture. They were at least dancing. I was like, were, were they kissing? Yeah. Oh, maybe he had his shirt off. I don't know. <laughs> you know but I'm like, no. this is the tamest picture I've ever seen. <laughs> She's sitting on the arm of the chair. Oh, no. She has his, her head on his shoulder. but i love because the main impetus of this is she has love letters and holmes is shooting down you know it's you know it's it's in my hand forged it's on my personal note paper stolen (laughs) it's got my personal seal faked (laughs) and but there's a photograph not bought no we were both in the photograph that's when holmes like Oh, there is some proof here. Okay. Sticky wicket. Yes. I got to ask you to provide me with a spoiler for episodes to come, which I know you don't want to do, but I'm going to ask directly. And I don't think it's really going to spoil anything. Uh, You and I both know that in many versions of Holmes canon, Irene Adler is a recurring character. Yes. Will this actress be back? No. Okay. Okay. In fact, I don't even think you see the picture again. Okay. I thought she, by the way, was quite lovely and and a very good choice. It's kind of funny. I have Irene Adler because she is the woman. So built up in my mind when I first saw her, I was like, she's okay. But like the more I spent time with her, the more charming and lovely she became. And I was just like, I think she was a good choice. Because at first I was a little let down. I was like, "Ah, she's not as pretty as Irene Adler should be. But then (laughs) by the end of the episode, I was like, she is utterly charming. And I do like her. Very much. Yeah, because there's an extended flashback sequence of her and the then crown prince. Mm-hmm. And you get to see them in all these different 
situations, dancing together where all the musicians are blindfolded. Ooh, because it's scandalous. Yes. (laughs) Riding horses, shooting targets at a cabaret where Irene is dressed as a man. So, yeah, the more you go on with it, the more you can see why the king is attracted to her. She is not your typical Victorian woman. I will say that will bring me to about the only low I can think of. Again, watching it in that group, when she does this thing that she did on the radio show as well, when she walks by and says, good evening, Mr. Holmes, and she's pretending to be a man, fooled zero people in the room. Yeah. Like, everybody was like, well, that's clearly her. And I was like, yeah, that wasn't executed the best way possible. Yeah, but... But In a sense, though, sometimes you have to give the audience a chance, you know, Mm -hmm. type of a deal. And you could see it on Holmes' face like, Wait a second. <laughs> Who the hell was that guy? <laughs> that voice is familiar, but <laughs> he was riding high of, oh, I got her to show me where the hidden button is. and, and everything. Yeah, that was interesting because I'm just not used to seeing Holmes be so Devious? giddy. <laughs> uh, yeah, giddy. I was like, I thought he was just a little more mellow than that, but eh, a very, very minor piccadillos for a really great start to the well, season. One of the things you're going to find out about Jeremy Brett's Holmes, he can get into these manic moods, like where he is problem solving and he finds it. He, you know, he gets excited. He gets happy with, in fact, the next episode, <laughs> you will see when he solves the code, he physically demonstrates it to Watson. I mean, he's jumping around acting out the different positions. That's why this is a lot better than like Basil Rathbone, for example. How uh, dare you, sir? <laughs> think about the end of Basil Rathbone's Hound of the Baskervilles. The very last line said is Watson the needle because he's done with the case. Therefore, he has to shoot up. This Holmes will use drugs, but only if he cannot escape the boredom of everyday life. When he is on a case, especially when he's solving the little pieces of it, he's high. It's like he's on cocaine because that's how his brain reacts to it. I got you. I I do like the Brett thing, by the way. I just gave you the expected audience reaction at a slight at Basil (laughs) Rathbone. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, I I grew up with Basil Rathbone as well. My dad had... Three Basil Rathbone VHS tapes. I know one of them was The Woman in Green. I know I've seen Hound of the Baskervilles a number of times. In fact, I think I've seen almost all of the adaptations of Hound of the Baskervilles that are out there, including Jeremy Brett. Okay, with the highs and lows taken care of for the most part, and if anything else pops in our heads, I'm sure we'll say it. I'm going to hand it back to Gene Gene, the podcasting machine. All right, so... Overall, we have to ask, what did we think of this episode? Well, we just happen to have a rating system for that. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. It's going to sound very familiar to some of you. Mm-hmm, yes, yes, we have the Blaine around here. <laughs> so on a scale of one to five pipes, five meaning you loved it, it solved your mystery. Four, it was really good. Three, feels all right. Two, you didn't like it. And one, you hated it. It threw you off of Reichenbach Falls. How would you rate this story, Jared? I feel like I'm going to pull a Delvin the Dark Web Williams here. And by that, I mean he is loath to give anything a maximum score right out of the gate. 
because you never know. Where's the barometer for all this? And I have a suspicion that my pipe rating might be similar to yours when I go with a four. I think this was a really good episode, but I feel like there's better stuff to come. But only you will know. So how would you score it? I would also give it a four. You're correct. This is a very good introductory episode, but I think it kind of suffers from being an introductory episode. You have Mm -hmm. to get everyone used to this Holmes and this Watson, what their interactions are like. Mrs. Hudson is the only recurring character you see in this. And that is the same actress through the whole thing for Mrs. Hudson. So they're very consistent in their casting. But yeah, this one, very, very well done, but I know there is better to come. So yeah, this is also a four for me. Excellent. I'm glad my instincts were correct. And before Gene and I ride off in our handsome cab for this episode, let's thank the Crusaders Club members who help pay the rent here at 221B. These are the fine folks who have joined our crusade. They enjoy discounts from my online store, theyardsaleartist.com, where I do have an 11 by 17 Sherlock Holmes print available. Anyways, (laughs) you also get early access to special long box episodes, voting to help determine show content. You get a quarterly newsletter and so much more. So here are the fine folks that are reaping the benefits and giving some much appreciated support to the show. Angelica Wolf. Oh, Bill Beer. Blast it or stash it. Bob Busta Busta. Braxton Underwood. David Collins, but you know him as Battle Wagon. Battle Wagon. I don't know who this guy is. Uh, how do you pronounce that? I, I'm, I'm going to take a stab at it. Uh, Gene Hendricks. That's dumb. <laughs> <laughs> and thank you for your support. That. <laughs> <laughs> now that he's on the network, his name's probably going to disappear from the roster. <laughs> And a big shout out to Jerry Green. Greg Van Leven. I, the collector. Ivor Evans. Jeremy L. Jim Jarman. Joe Thomas. Someone very uh, well connected with Sherlock Holmes, John Watson. Elementary. John and Maggie. Jose Pollo. Maxwell Trevor. Miranda W. Paul Hicks. That going with the different every show? That's what he asked for. (laughs) Reggie Hancock. Rick from Jeff and Rick Present. Ross Michaud. Ryan Daly. Samantha Maney. Sean Urbanski. Steve Cronin. Tim Price. And Toronto Cop. And our one-time donor, Bradford William. If we missed anyone on our list, we apologize. Please keep in mind we record these episodes well in advance of release. So if you're a recent addition, we should be adding you soon. But still, no worries. You can let us know we missed you by sending an email to contact at longboxcrusade.com. We'll get it straightened out. As a reminder, you can become a Crusaders Club member by heading over to patreon.com slash longboxcrusade. For as little as $1 a month, you can get the amazing world of the, well, unless you're Jason. If you're not Jason, a dollar a month gets you into the amazing world of the Crusaders Club. Come check it out. That will wrap up a scandal in Bohemia. We'd love to hear from you if you're familiar with the original story or the Granada adaptation. You can find us on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram at Longbox Crusade, and email is contact at longboxcrusade.com. If you want to chat with me personally, you can look up, oh, I'm a street cabbie groomsman.org. Nah, nah, it's not true. 
You can find me at Yard Sale Artist, Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. It's all at Yard Sale Artist. You can also check out my YouTube channel, Yard Sale Artist. You'll find me drawing stuff and sharing my yard sale finds with you. What about you, Gene? Where are you sharing your yard sale finds? Uh, you can find me on Facebook at Gene Hendricks or on Twitter at Hammer underscore Strikes. Now, be sure to join us next quarter as we take a look at episode two, The Dancing Men. Mm, you guys at home can't see it, but I'm dancing. That <laughs> <laughs> one you call that. Okay. Uh, we'll catch you guys next time. Don't, don't listen to Gene. We'll see you here. Back here at 221B. But the Granada 221B, not the Saturday Matinee Theater 221. Just trust us, we'll be here. <laughs> <laughs>